the functions of fear. Quote, man is an animal suspended in a web of significance that he himself has spun. Unquote. Max Weber. Richard Dawkins is one of the most famous scientists alive. And he is an enthusiastic teller of one of the darkest stories ever told. In River Out of Eden, Dawkins described animal life as an operatic ordeal of starvation, misery, and pitiless indifference. Quote, The total amount of suffering per year in the natural world is beyond all decent contemplation. He writes with trembling hand. During the minute that it takes me to compose the sentence, thousands of animals are being eaten alive. Many others are running for their lives, whimpering with fear. Others are slowly being devoured from within by rasping parasites. Thousands of all kinds are dying of starvation, thirst, and disease. Unquote. In Dawkins' telling, even the best of times only led to the worst of times. Quote, if there ever is a time of plenty, he says, there's very, this very fact will automatically lead to an increase in the population until the natural state of starvation and misery is restored. Unquote. Let that sink in, if you dare. The natural state, quote-unquote, of living things is one of starvation and misery. Unquote. Very Old Testament. During the minute that it took me to compose this sentence, how many people were sold on the dangerous, debilitating belief that the natural world is their lethal enemy and all that's keeping them from starvation, misery, and disease are the godlike wonders of civilization? Pain and predation certainly exist, but so do the kindness of strangers, sunsets of indescribable beauty, Rainbows in the domes of deep seashells and orgasms that, let's face it, feel far better than necessary. And mashed potatoes with garlic and butter. In any case, is, quote, the total amount of suffering per year, unquote, meaningful? Wouldn't a far better metric be the proportion of one's life spent in agony versus quiet contemplation, blissful immersion, and simple satisfaction? Dawkins is hardly alone in this dismal view of life outside the protective embrace of civilization. While such sentiments have been repeated for millennia, they may have reached their crescendo when the 19th century philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer described the natural world as, quote, scene of tormented and agonized beings who only continue to exist by devouring each other, in which, therefore, every ravenous beast is the living grave of thousands of others. In itself, maintenance is a chain of painful deaths. Unquote. It's a mistake to lose our sense of proportion, even when contemplating one's own demise, especially when contemplating one's own demise. It's true that we all must die eventually, but why be so dramatic about it? Contemplation of death is scary, I get it, but taken in context, it's a relatively brief event. In one of his last journal entries, Montaigne noted that his dying amounts to just a few bad moments at the end of the life. It's really not worth worrying about. If it takes an hour to die, that would represent just one 700,000th of an average human lifetime.
that's a pretty good ratio. When all is said and done, and if even one hour in 100,000 is too much for you, there are far quicker ways out, guaranteed painless. Should you choose to take control of the process yourself or have a compassionate doctor? And as for what comes next, what's to fear from that? As Mark Twain put it, I do not fear death. I had been dead for billions and billions of years before I was born, and had not suffered the slightest inconvenience from it. But the NPP keeps warning that it's a jungle out there, and only the ramparts of civilization can protect us from being devoured from within by rasping parasites, and the rest of nature, red in tooth and claw, waiting to pounce. I recently came across an excellent example of this dark propaganda while watching one of those ubiquitous nature specials about great white sharks, monsters of the deep, as the narrator kept calling them. The show opens with a cute seal happily frolicking in the waves for a few seconds before the ominous music starts to build. We catch a glimpse of a dark shadow moving in the partner and... A great white shark emerges from the depths and began a slow motion munching of the terrified, doomed reel. I really came across an exa- excellent example of this dark propaganda while watching one of those ubiquitous nature specials about great white sharks. Quote, monsters of the deep, as the narrator kept calling them. The show opens with a cute seal happily frolicking in the waves for a few seconds before the ominous music starts to build. We catch a glimpse of a large shadow moving in the water, and a great white shark emerges from the depths and begin a slow motion munching of the terrified The narrator explains that the footage of the attack has been slowed down to 140th normal speed, presumably to make every instant of horror easier to savor and harder to forget. We've all witnessed some scenes many times on TV, and it's hard to argue against the cruelty of nature. When you're watching the flapping tail of a seal disappear down the throat of a sea monster or an employee, One envelope switching in the grip of a cold-eyed lioness. Thank God I'm safe, we think. Sitting here on my sofa with my cheese doodles and big gulp. <laughs>